0: It's not about politics, it's about football.
1: This is a simple game.
0: We're going to run the ball,
2: and we're going to pass the ball. You are just going to play football, right? How good of a football player are you?
1: Not just get in and try to spin it. That's all.
0: I just love the game.
1: It really is the best time of the year.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to It's Just Football. I'm Trevor Sankamut. That is Mike Renner joining you guys on a Monday morning as we recap everything that we saw in the NFL this past weekend. Shout out to everybody who's joining the show, watching it live. Mike, that was an entertaining slate of games, especially down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, the 4 o'clock
0: games were lit. Oh, yeah. Cool, it was, what it was a kind of like a moving day. Like, uh what was Ooh. that? In golf, they call it moving Ooh. day. Saturday, it felt yeah. like a moving day towards the playoffs. I like it.
2: Yeah. I like it. A little cross-sport analogy right there. there. Go. It's
0: good stuff. we got a lot of games we were talking about.
2: Of course, on a Monday, what we do is we go through the slate of games, and we give you some game superlatives. We talk about the game we want to talk about the most. We talk about the game that shaped the playoffs, the draft, the game that didn't make sense. We'll give some shout-outs to some other teams, some performances, everything that didn't quite fit in any of those categories that we want to make sure that we talk about. Plus, we've got some fun segments. We're refreshing the timeline, some great Twitter clips, as well as uh, everybody's growing favorite segment, Mike. Drip or Skip is back.
0: Oh, Drip or Skip.
2: Drip or Skip is back. We didn't know That's that we were going to do Drip or Skip today, but some of the tweets that we saw before the 1 o'clock games especially, we knew we had to get it on the schedule. Uh, shout out to our chat champ, Matt, who is our chat champ on Thursday's episode of the show. Got to represent the chat here today as we call out some of the best and our favorite performances that we have so far. Let's get the, uh, I almost called it the transfer portal because I was literally mm-hmm. just reading the timeline, reading about all the transfer portal people. But the production portal, let's get the production portal guys into the show. Quinn, how are we feeling today? You've got the shades on indoors. You got a Bengals beanie. You got a
1: Bengals sweater. No you look like nobody can tell you shit this morning. Well, they can't because they're the best team in the AFC. Does
2: that mean they're the best team in the NFL? They're the best team in the AFC?
1: I that's your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, all right, okay. That's always gonna be my words. I just want somebody else to echo them.
2: Eli, we got Eli in the back right there. Eli, I know you were at the game. I was. Uh, I saw via Twitter that starter jacket is a drip. By it the is. Way. That is. That yeah. is, we're starting that the show true. with a drip. We are starting the show with a drip right there, Eli. I saw that you made it on TV. And what was? It? Didn't you say? Are you guys like undefeated when you make it on TV?
1: Currently undefeated when I am on TV. So what's the we'll record? We'll keep the streak going. Want to know? Want to know? Okay. <laughs> <But> still undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the Jim Tom Sula thing going on. That's like one of those. Warren Sharp stats. We've uh, not, to,
0: not to catch a stray for Warren Sharp, but that's one of those low, small samples. <laughs> just, just
2: very small sample yeah. signs, no matter what it is. Uh, I'm wearing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a little throwback creamsicle starter jacket here because the Bucs' major division game in Monday Night Football tonight in Tampa,
0: Florida. Well, Take they they, they, the they won without fans. playing a game. You know, the Falcons are five and eight. That's the second team in the <laughs> NFC South right now. So uh, we
2: are on a quest, a journey, a pilgrimage. To see how bad of a record the Buccaneers can have and still make the playoffs. Yeah. I like think seven and ten is viable. Still in play. Viable. Still in play. Yeah. I want to hear from the chat. A little warm up, get you guys blood flowing. What record do you think the Buccaneers are going to limp into the playoffs with? And I mean that phrase literally because it just feels like that's where they're going at this point. So what's the worst record you could see the Buccaneers having to host a playoff game as a division winner? Quinn, let's go question of the day. We got a question of the day here to get things kicked off officially.
1: We do. Another tie yesterday. Oh um, yes. Which got everybody loves good tie, which which got me thinking since the AFL NFL merger, what is the record for most total games tied in a single season? Ooh.
2: Always love always love a good since the merger. Since the merger. Right? Anytime you get since the merger at the beginning of a sentence, it's mm-hmm. always, you know, it's going to be an absolute fire question. 1970, I believe. Correct. Since the merger. Yeah, it's 70, right? 70. 70. So, hmm, most games tied in
0: a single season. I think someone has to have had two at some point. But then maybe no. no, no. Well, someone had a third. Is the, oh wait oh is it wait oh is it for the entire NFL? Yeah, or it's for it? the entire NFL. So, it, 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 so like it, how yeah. many games
1: tied? Yes, Hold yes. It. That's gotcha, why I threw gotcha. that total in there. It's not yeah. single team. It's just like league wide. How many games? It's, what's the record for most games tied in a yeah,
2: season? Yeah, a little clarification in the chat. The chat was
0: wondering that as well. I, I actually don't know the <laughs> genesis of <laughs> overtime rules. Well said. Who the hell knows this? Not us. We're That's guessing. Sure. We're
1: guessing. Quill, you uh, going to throw a number. I never know the answers to these questions. I look them up. <laughs> I put in research before, and now I know. I'm trying to think. Of, I didn't know ahead of time. Like, I don't even know like the genesis of
0: the overtime rules. I know kind of for my most of adult life, it was 15-minute OT. That was it. And then obviously 10-minute OT has been the last couple of years. Um, prior to that, it was, has it always been 15-minute OT? I'm not actually. I'm not No, sure. they went to penalty kicks. <laughs> it's no, just. Guess.
1: Uh, It's probably somewhere
2: in the neighborhood of like four or five. Dude, maybe that's what the XFL needs to do. What if for overtime, the XFL went like mini-game style, and it was literally just backing up field goals? Like, you Mm. kick a 30-yarder, then they kick a 30-yarder, you got to kick a 40-yarder, they got to kick a 40-yarder, 50-yarder, 50-yarder, like... No one wants kickers to decide it, though, is the
1: thing. We already already don't want kickers to decide it. No one wants kickers to decide it, but that would be electrifying Just can you when you imagine can, when you're backed up to pressure? like 50 yard field goals yes that place would be buzzing
2: I, that it, would be i hate penalty kicks in soccer mm-hmm. i i think they are entertaining as hell but they're an awful way to crown a champion if you will it's a mini game it's not the actual game that's being played yeah but if we're getting wacky if the xfl wants to take this idea backing up field goals would be an electric
0: way Wha- to end the game. I like PK style two point conversions, where it's. I do too. Five two point conversions, you know, best of five, or whoever has the most after five, whatever, and then one 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 after that. Not the way college does it, where it just goes to alternating two point conversions at one time, which is a little less, a little more fluky, in my opinion. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say five.
2: Is, yeah, I'll say four. Okay, I'm gonna say five. Okay. Guys, please let me know what you think of my idea for overtime kicks. field goal penalty
0: kicks. I think it would be sick. It would be better. I don't like the idea of extra football, though. Like, this is with a full quarter of extra football. I like that they made from 15 to 10. It's a good. But, like, injuries at that point in the game are so much more likely because you're tired, because it's more than you play sure, sure, sure. at any other point. Like, you are beyond tired. You, you don't prepare to play over 60 minutes of football. So uh, I do think for a player safety reasons, I would like a different overtime option at some point. In the playoffs, sure, you can play another quarter. You want it to be decided on the football field. But in the regular season, I want the stats to align in terms of not adding a bunch of yardage to people and whatever. And I want the sort of health of the players to come first uh patrick says patrick said folk
2: style wrestling I, 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 I don't know what that is but the best offensive tackle or no no the best overtime sudden victory start on neutral feet I, patrick you're gonna have to say that again because i have no idea what you just said here for an overtime suggestion jake says i want to have the coaches go out to midfield and box it out for <laughs> overtime
1: victories Strongest coach. Give Mike Vrabel. (laughs) Mike Vrabel versus Dan Campbell. Mike Vrabel would be. the I think Robert Sala might be in there too. too He looks like he could throw down. What what if, like,
2: could you? Could it be any coach or coordinator? Because you know that then goes into who you're hiring as coordinators, right? Yeah. You need beefy coordinators. If you got an old head coach, you got to get one at least
0: beefy coordinator. That would go into the hiring process. You know, if you got Mike McDaniel as your head coach, you got to Matt Lafleur. You got to do something different. All right.
2: Anyways, all right. Let's move on. Let's get to uh, let's get to some refreshing of the timeline here. I, can we start with the Jimmy G news? Actually, I know yeah. that's not on the sheet, but this kind of broke right before the uh, the news started. Or actually, uh, let's go Baker Mayfield first. Let's okay. go Baker Mayfield, signal quarterback. Baker Mayfield, I guess, is reported to be going to be released by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, what do we think, Mike?
0: Just right out of the gate, immediate reaction. I mean, these kind of go hand in hand, right? Jimmy G going down, Baker being available. I think that. It makes sense for the 49ers. You got to ch- try kick any doors you can at this point. But Baker Mayfield, the sort of the situation there in in Carolina was never going to be good, and he's not the kind of quarterback that can elevate a situation. It's just I think what we've learned now through five years of his NFL career is that he's going to mirror a lot of the talent around him, and there just wasn't a lot of talent around him. I just, yeah, I feel like it's done for Baker, right? I mean, As what, a starter, like he, right. no one's given him a starting opportunity at this point, he's gonna have to go the Geno Smith route.
2: Yeah, but is would Baker do that? No, I
0: don't, no. I, don't, I mean, think he's he gonna would. have to, right? He's gonna he have would. to take a back seat. He doesn't see he doesn't have backup personality energy. But that's also kind of what you know? I'm saying. Is like I, I, I genuinely feel. If he
2: doesn't go to the Niners, he's going to go to some team in the offseason and have like a quarterback battle. I don't know if he can win it at this point because nothing has really told us that he would win another quarterback battle anywhere, basically. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, I, I, I would not be shocked if Baker's out of the league a year from now.
0: I do think, though, two or three years on the bench, maybe a little time with some... Buddhist monks, some Zen therapy. Could do well for Baker. Oh, sure, yeah, Could yeah, yeah. do well for Baker. Yeah. Well, you can say that about everybody, really. Yeah, well, not Aaron Rodgers at this point. He's too far gone. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, you can't, too much of a good thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, he's you, already you, there. You see, you see what He's happens. already reached enlightenment, and it's not great. <laughs> what
2: do you guys think about Baker Mayfield? I'm very curious. What does the chat think about Baker? Do you guys think that, he's destined to be a a 49er with jimmy g's injury which we'll get to in a little bit uh do you guys think that he could go to a different team this off season and have some success there's going to be a couple of different teams that are looking to change their quarterback spot no matter what so i'm just curious what you guys think of baker mayfield Do you think he's going to be in the league for very much longer do you think he could be a backup because i I agree with you i think he could be a backup in this league for a long time but does he want to be cuz that's kind of a different position that you got to put yourself in mentally and baker's a vocal competitive guy so i just wonder if that's going to be the case what do you guys think let us know what you I
1: think he goes think to the Baker XFL Mayfield. and helps us institute our kick rule
0: Baker Mayfield could be Everybody a hell of an wins. XFL he does quarterback. feel like he'd be a great XFL you know, quarterback yeah like the he, he could be i mean he'd be a guy that if you're the rock you probably are targeting as yeah. like hey we'll give him a little more money then you know, your run-of-the-mill XLQB to generate some buzz.
2: I don't hate it. I don't hate that idea. Okay, uh, let's refresh your timeline. Let's get into some of our favorite clips that we saw throughout the day yesterday as the football was unfolding. The first one, speaking of head coaches getting in the action, how about Pete Carroll pregame? I think we got the video here, man, of our, our guy Pete, the oldest head coach in the NFL. Getting
1: absolutely hyped for team. The Rams Ram sideline, getting off We've got, get in. Pete Carroll Look at in Pete. Oh, get, re- really. get in there. He's gnawing on his 12th piece of gum. You know he is. Showed you the Rams
2: sideline, getting he's just, off He's just bobbing in there. He's just bobbing with the guy. But like, that's always seemed like Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's always seemed like this player guy. But uh, how do we feel about old Pete Carroll right in the
0: middle of the huddle there? If I'm 71 years old with half the energy of Pete Carroll, I'm going to be happy as hell. Yeah, like, It's right. a joy to watch a man at that age still in the prime of his life, living it up. I, I mean, we were speculating prior to the season. We're right. like, why did he come back? Right. You know, why is Pete Carroll right. still doing it? Why another rebuild? He knows more than, he more, knows more than we He do.
2: knows himself better than yeah. we know him, that's for sure. But that's awesome to see. I absolutely love that. Um, speaking of other coaches that are... Uh I don't know spry got some energy oh cool. he could win a fight oh, are you talking about mike tomlin or pete carroll
1: i'm talking about pete carroll he could win our hypothetical <laughs> fights at he, he could scrap. he could scrap he, not everybody but pete pete, would, pete Carroll could scrap he could rip the up. shirt off too
2: yeah oh yeah because he did was shirtless at the combine is that the reference you're making the dk Metcalf. there we you go got I, I, see you're good. You're I see what you're saying tyler let's go to the next one though let's keep the head coach train rolling did you see this clip afterward, after the game of Mike Tomlin? You got a fan, he's trying to give a little selfie video. He's just trying to say, like, yo, Tomlin, like, big win. And Tomlin's like, listen, I'm working. You guys got you guys gotta see this. I'm winning. Let's go for the win, man. Damn, I'm
0: fucking working. <laughs> I'm winning. Let's go for the win, man. That one was <laughs> so
2: good. We should have lived that. The guy was like, hey, Tomlin, stoke for the win, man. Yo, I'm
0: working. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, that's what makes Tomlin. I mean, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Is he is locked in? He's an intense dude. Yeah, he's gonna from start to finish be Mike Tomlin. He's gonna be that guy. He was recruiting. You know,
2: he was on the phone. He was recruiting. You know, after the game, the grind never stops. He just had to let the guy know he's
0: working. (laughs) Still working.
2: (laughs) Incredible, incredible for Mike Tomlin. Mike McDaniel. Sticking with another Mike. Sticking the head coach. We're gonna go Mike McDaniel here. I actually really love this. This was kind of caught on. um, on the TV broadcast when the Dolphins were playing against the 49ers. And it's a little huddle between McDaniel, the coaches, and Tua standing right there. You know, it, the, the caption says, the people's coach. You can read his lips. If we can keep playing this, you can read his lips at the end. He's looking at Tua. They're having a discussion. And he basically goes, no, 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 I effed up. Like, that's, that, like, that one was on me. And Chris Long, it was his video. Chris Long says, like, you don't see this accountability a lot from a head coach. And I feel like that's the vibe we've gotten from Mike McDaniel all year long. is It's not just his offensive acumen, but it's also who he is, taking accountability and being able to relate to the players. It feels like a reason why a lot of people are really in on him as Miami's head coach for the long term.
0: Yeah, truly a new kind of wave of coaching just how the approach, the coaching position. You know, you think of the old guard of coaching. They're kind of revered. They're above everyone on the roster. They are. They lay down an iron fist. It's what they say goes. Now, McDaniel's like one of the players. He he is in that locker room. He is part of the team, but he is not above the team. So he is taking accountability alongside everyone else, and I think that is the best way that's what we're going to see more of in the future with just how to relate to players of a different era. I think everyone's lamenting, oh, you know, I can't, you know, lamenting this new generation, Gen Z, whatever. At some point, you have to relate to the guys. You have to change your coaching style. And I think we're seeing with his success, and obviously he didn't have success in this one, but with his success this mm-hmm. year, I think we're seeing a different wave of coaching style that's going to proliferate to some degree across the NFL because it's going to have to. It's going to have to do that because those are the guys that are going to be having more success in the coming years.
2: And I do think that, you know, a lot of either front offices who are making hirings, GMs, or owners who are making hirings for head coach, they think that just being a young head coach means that you have that. Mm -hmm. They go like, oh, like let's get a younger head coach in here. An innovative guy, a more new age guy can relate to the players because he's a younger guy. That might all be the case, but it's not always the case for these younger
0: coaches. Well, I mean, Pete Carroll's the same energy, right? Pete Carroll exactly. is yes. like what we were just yes. talking about Pete Carroll jumping up in the uh, the huddle there. That's the same sort of uh, coaching style that you're seeing. And it really just
2: it just goes down to your personality as a yeah. coach, whether you're young mm-hmm. or old, taking accountability, having the energy, looking like you enjoy it, getting a Culture that players want to be a part of, that they want to believe in. I think that's really important. You see that with Mike McDaniel, and he did that afterwards in the press conference as well, taking a lot of accountability for the loss, saying like, hey, I learned things from this game that I'm going to get better at, just like I ask the players to get better every single game as well. So last refresh of the timeline that we have here, DJ Reed, corner for the New York Jets. Said after the game, they locked Justin Jefferson up, and Justin Jefferson didn't see the game the same way. Basically, uh, that you, you, you can see the quotes right there. DJ Reed said he was in his stuff all game, but he said he got the one on him. Talk about the touchdown, the touchdown that ended up uh, putting the score out of reach for the Jets. Justin Jefferson saw this quote on, tw- uh, on Twitter, ended up quote-tweeting it, said, hey, can't talk about being in my stuff. If you got safety help, tell me when your coaches going to be man enough to put you one-on-one against me.
0: I see both sides to this argument. Mm-hmm. But the tape does say DJ Reed was in this shit all game. He was. Now, it was about, like, ten routes that they really were going head-to-head, mm-hmm. one-on-one, and, yeah, probably about half of those he had a safety that he was pushing to, whether it's in cover four with inside help or cover two where a guy rolled over the top. But I, DJ Reed did get the better of him on those plays for what he was asked to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought DJ Reed played really well, but such a nothing Burger type of story where it's like, Vikes still won, Jets still lost. Who really gives a shit? It was again, somewhere in the neighborhood eight to ten routes all game that you actually had this matchup. So I could really not care too much about
2: uh, corners and wide receivers talking smack. It tells all this time. Exactly. I did want to point out that Christian said Mike Renner's got the freshest cut on BFF. So somebody, I know. I
0: had to give him some love for that. Thank you. Thank somebody, you sir. Somebody,
2: somebody does appreciate the fresh it's cut week? That, you're bringing, uh, that you're bringing to the table here. I'm uh, scrolling up a little bit. A lot of people think that to Baker Mayfield is destined for the XFL. They like our idea here. Um, wow, Zach Wilson could be joining him. That's what Adam says. With Zach Wilson in oh, the XFL. That would be a lot. XFL does have a chance here to get some, uh, some pretty good quarterbacks, or at least some notable some names. names, yeah. Felt like when the XFL was coming around, what was it, a year ago, two years ago? I can't even, I don't even know. It, it was two years even, ago, even like the AAF, it's like the, the the talent pool of players wasn't great that was kind of exiting the NFL, and it feels like, I don't know, maybe there's a, uh, maybe there's a chance for some notable quarterbacks to enter the XFL. A lot of XFL talk already. Didn't, didn't think that, that would be the case here on the Monday, but we just love ball, so we're going to talk about it no matter what. Let's get into the games. Let's yes. do the superlatives. Yes, yes. We always start with the game we want to talk about the most. So, Mike. What is the game from yesterday
0: that you want to talk about the most? I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Our answer. Our good answer. At home, taking down the Chiefs yet again, and this one, more so than the previous two, in my opinion at least, was kind of just they were the better team. Mm. You know, they looked like the better team from start to finish, whereas in first couple contests, it's like it took kind of big rallies. Big turnarounds, big swings on big plays to really get the Bengals over the hump. This one, it was just Chiefs really couldn't stop them. Too many of those drives, and they did obviously have the big fourth down stop at the goal line. Like the brakes did not bounce. The Bengals way to win this game. They just were the better team. So that one was a real statement game to me. That what we've kind of been saying, right? The Bengals are back the, the Bengals like have been back now for a handful of weeks obviously now getting Jamar Chase back taking that to another level but this is the team we saw win the Super Bowl the early season struggles whatever was going on then is finished Bengals are right up there with the Chiefs with the Bills as teams that should be considered the favorites in the AFC
2: a couple of our games overlap we just put them in different prelative categories so this one was the game that shaped the playoffs for me just because mm-hmm. I want to talk about Dolphins and the Niners but in this game because we'll, we'll just continue this conversation This was a massive game, and I I do agree with you. The Bengals are more legit than I gave them credit for, even at the beginning of the year. I feel like you were on that train a little bit sooner than I was. But, man, you look at the Bengals. We talked about it a little bit on this show. I talked about it a little bit on my podcast NFL Stock Exchange last night. But the Bengals are now one game out of having the one seed. Okay? And they have the potential to own every tiebreaker against the teams they're going to be going up against. They already own the tiebreaker against the Chiefs because they just beat them. They already own the tiebreaker against the Dolphins because they beat them earlier this year. They play the Ravens later in this season, so they have a chance to get the tiebreaker there against them, even though they lost. They lost barely against them earlier in the season. And they play the Bills. Mm-hmm. They have the chance to own all four tiebreakers. They're currently one game back of the number one overall seed. And if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, look at this at home. Joe Burrow, elite grade at home. Not just this year, but also going back to last year as well. Jamar Chase, elite grade at home. This team is dominant. They are seven and eight in their last home games. And the only loss they have is that throw it out the window. Doesn't really matter. Clearly an outlier game they had in week one against the Steelers this year. This team is so legit and so dangerous at home. Not saying they can't win on the road. But this game totally shaped the playoffs for me because you have to now put the Bengals in that tier one. And if they get the one seed, AFC's in trouble
0: here. Yeah. The Bengals have now faced five teams currently slated to make the playoffs in the AFC. Titans, Chiefs, Dolphins, Jets, Ravens. Four and one in those five games. That's that's the sign of a good team. yeah they are beating the teams the that they're going to have to beat in the playoffs.
2: Yeah. How, what was the Ravens' Ravens one point loss? Right. I think it was two two point, Well, it was, no, it was
0: 1917,
2: right? Yeah, two point I loss. Thought it was okay. 1917. Sorry. But but still, I mean, if they Close play enough. they play Not the Ravens all. at the end of the year in the final Not week of the season. Reason, yes. If they beat the Ravens, you know, by more they than are, yeah. than two points, all of a sudden that's a tiebreaker. They're going to own the tiebreaker because they beat them mm- in they they beat them worse than they were defeated. So it's just man, yes. Yeah, Walt in the chat saying, and remember, they started 0-2. This team is one of the most dangerous teams. I would love to see the Bengals versus the 49ers with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, like, I feel like that game would be incredible. Obviously, we're not going to get that. And that's a little segue into the game that I want to talk about most, which is the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers. With Jimmy G, I'd have told you that the Niners are the most dangerous team in the NFC, even with the Philadelphia Eagles. I really would have told you that if these teams end up matching up in the playoffs, it's a coin flip for me. Mm -hmm. It could go either way. Just depends. The Niners are playing so well. That defense is so suffocating. D'Amico Ryan's in his absolute bag this season that I wouldn't even say that the Eagles are overwhelming favorites at all whatsoever against the Niners. Now, with Brock Purdy quarterback, it is a little bit different. But you see the defensive numbers since they had a really rough showing against the Chiefs in week seven. After week seven, up to this point, shutdown elite one of the best in the nfl i think the patriots are the only team that is cumulatively better than the niners when it comes to the epa per play metric which is um, a really good metric to measure how well a defense is playing how well they're playing situationally outside of just you know common stats that we like to say like yards or points per game they're playing incredibly well and the reason why this is the game that i want to talk about the most is because obviously brock purdy being in there for jimmy garoppolo changes things, but what's your overall opinion on their quarterback position? Uh, Baker Mayfield aside, because obviously he's not a 49er yet, even though Twitter feels like he's a 49er. What do you believe with the 49ers
0: after yesterday's win? I'll say I was probably one of Brock Purdy's biggest fans coming out of Iowa State. Poo, I, not, I thought could have been he could... Operate an NFL offense there's some things he does very well he's very accurate with football he works the middle of the field very well and I think he's a gamer and a guy who's not going to really be phased by being under a ton of pressure he's not going to collapse and really have the game be too big moment be too big for him that being said he is still a rookie he was still Mr. Irrelevant he has an absolute noodle for an arm that teams are going to start squatting on underneath and make him beat over the top because obviously Mid game, it's hard to make adjustments going from Jimmy G to Brock Purdy, but they're similarly styled quarterbacks. That's obviously why the 49ers coveted him, why he's done so well to get this backup job, and why he played so well in this game against the Dolphins. But long term, no. They, they just, you have to do a little bit better. I do wonder if they will explore a waiver wire deal to try to get Matt Ryan in the fold. I do wonder if that's something because I don't think anyone else is going to go out there and say, you know, I'm going to kind of step in front of them for a waiver deal and trade for Matt Ryan. I wonder if uh, that's something that could be in the cards here. For Matt Ryan? Yeah. Obviously, former MVP under Kyle Shanahan Hmm. has similar arm strength issues, but obviously would be going to a much different situation, San Francisco versus Indianapolis.
2: What about on the other side of things? The Miami Dolphins losing this game. (sighs) <sighs> Mike, i'm gonna be honest i still think that any given week i think the dolphins can beat any team in the nfl yes but when it comes to winning a super bowl getting to a super bowl you got to win three in a row you got to win four in a row against the best teams in your conference and then you would think a top five team that you're playing at the end of the year as well mm-hmm. i don't think Tua can do that I, 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 it, it sounds harsher when I say it this way, but I don't believe the Dolphins are a legit contender for a Super Bowl this year because I don't have faith that Tua himself will be able to string together three or four good enough games against some of the best defenses, more importantly some of the best pressure teams in the NFL mm-hmm. to be able to get to or capture a Super Bowl. So I think the team's really dangerous. I think they could, shoot, week one, if they get matched up against, you know, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, whatever. Like whoever doesn't get the one seed, if it happens to play out where they're a wild card team, they end up getting one of these other really good teams, they could upset them. I think that they have that in the cards. But win a Super Bowl, get to a Super Bowl? Uh call me Skeptic, because I, I don't think that I don't believe in the Dolphins
0: that way. No, yeah, no. The, the clock struck midnight. Do a turn back into a pumpkin here in this game because this was why he got clowned last year going into this year. This was this was these performances is why everyone was joking about Tua talking about little because he had about four of these games last year where it's just like missing every throw, maybe not making the worst decisions with the football, but has probably a couple you know smattered in there that he probably would want back, but just accuracy that completely unlike the other games we see. Like he had games last year where he didn't miss a throw, and he's had probably over half his games this year where that's been the case, where it's just is not missing the target that he wants to throw the ball to. But now, and then all of a sudden, whatever it is, and it goes back to maybe the confidence issue that Mike McDaniel dealt with this offseason, or maybe the pressure issue that he was obviously facing against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL in San Francisco. But he was in his head to a massive degree because he missed about eight throws in that game that, Again, going back to there have been games this season where he hasn't missed any of those. Hasn't had any throw as bad as probably eight throws he had in this game. So don't know what was going on, but that was the worst who has looked all season long.
2: And people are pointing out, you know, an injured Armstead. And look, Armstead's obviously a big deal. He's one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. I'm not trying to uh, say that that doesn't go into account here. It definitely does. But it, it, like to himself, you were going to get pressured in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. It, it's not just like a regular season, this game, oh, look at the injury situation. So, like even with Armstead back you're going to face pressure you're going to go up against some of the best defensive lines in the nfl you're playing the best teams and so i just think surviving that kind of a schedule in the playoffs where you got to win three or four in a row against teams that only get better and better and better i'm i don't think the two is at a place right now where he can string all those games together so a team that's making the playoffs yes i believe that a team that could really make some noise against any opponent probably for one game yes I don't believe they're legit Super Bowl competitors. I think they are. You do? I think okay. They are. Yeah, well, you you got yeah. more you got more faith than I do. Yeah. So that's just where I am. I think consistency is really important, obviously, when it comes to um, winning in the playoffs and facing the best teams. And I, I don't see that from Tua right now, so I just don't believe
0: it. What about the game that uh, shaped the playoffs for you? Uh, the game that shaped the playoffs is the game that everyone's going to be lamenting come Week 18 because it's going to throw a wrench into. The win losses the tie breakers it's the giants commanders tying we said the two games that they have over the next three weeks are going to be massive in terms of deciding which one of those two teams is playoff bound well the first one they it, kissing your sister whatever you want to call it the tie Seven and four now and one for the Giants. Seven five and one now for the Commanders. Giants remaining schedule, we'll go back to this just to see because I think one of these two teams is getting in, but I would struggle to see both getting in because the Seahawks have at least two layups left on their schedule in the Los Angeles Rams in week 18. And uh, I believe the Panthers coming up this week. So here's the Giants remaining schedule. Eagles twice, Commanders again, Vikings and Colts. That's gonna be a grind for them. That, that, this is a team that yeah, they've eked out a lot of close wins, But those two Eagles games, they better hope and pray that the Vikings are not still a two-loss team heading into Week 18, that the Eagles can put their foot off the gas pedal because that's going to be a massive one for them. There's really only one game on that schedule that you're going to say is a winner. If we can flip now to the Commanders' remaining schedule, on the other hand. Commanders, by this week, then obviously that Giants game. They don't really have an easy go of it either coming into the barn here. You got 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. Very good chance. They may not be favored in any of those games, obviously barring Deshaun Watson and how he plays because he looked like absolute dog shit this past weekend. So both it's going to come down to the wire, but it kind of hilarious that we're talking about these two teams and what are they going to do come playoff time And the first matchup of the two. Really kind of a wet far. I... I, I don't know who's going to get this last one. I know. I really do. Like, that's what we were saying last week, too. We were like, man, we can't make heads or tails at end. They can't make heads or tails themselves. Right, because they tied it. Now, you you look at those schedules.
2: The Giants are still up a game on the Commanders as of right now, but Commanders have the bye this week, so it evens out depending on what the Giants do. If they win, wait, do they play the Eagles? Do they play the Eagles this upcoming week? Is that who the Giants play? Does it go Eagles, Commanders? Uh, Giants play the Eagles, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they're probably not winning that game. But, like, if they were to beat the Eagles and all of a sudden you're two games up, then I I would say, all right, the Giants are probably going to be the team Mm -hmm. that makes the playoffs. But if they lose, then they're dead even. Then these teams are just dead even. And at that point, I'm I'm probably going to trust the commander's schedule at that point.
0: There is a scenario. Yeah. Where... Detroit Lions sneak back into this. Detroit Lions, 5-7. Really? and seven. They have a little tough go of it heading up here. Vikings this week, Jets, right. Panthers, Bears, Packers. Easier, I'd say, slate than either the Giants or the Commanders. Like I said, you can chalk up maybe one or two wins for the Commanders and Giants on the schedule going forward. There's a way that the Lions get to 9-7. and seven. And if the Commanders, Giants, both finish 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, could be getting one of those playoff spots.
1: Still the hottest team in the NFC?
0: Yeah.
2: Lions currently... Right. Have a seven percent chance to make play. I'm just saying they could sneak back in. That's that's. I mean, I'm glad you threw it out there though. We got to think about everything. We'll talk about that more when we get to bracketology on Friday. I know we're definitely going to do that for sure. Uh, what about the game that shaped the draft? Speaking of the Detroit Lions, this is actually both
0: of our yeah. both of our picks here. Lions, Jaguars, Jags now slated to pick mm. seventh overall, mm. which would be the most insane run of. In aptitude that these eyes have ever seen. Because, if that's the case, over the last 15 years, do you know how many times they would have had a top 10 pick over that span? The Jags? If they draft in the top 10 yet again.
1: Is it more than 10? This would have been a good question of the day. Is, this is a great question of the day. Is it more than 10? It's more than 10. Okay, 12. It is 14 times. No
0: way! They've only not drafted in the top 10 once. The year they went to the AFC Championship game top 10 every single other year since then. How insane is that? How insane is that if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars? So that is back to seventh overall. Have you tweeted that out yet? I have not. I don't want to be kicking them while they're down. Mm, but okay. I was going to say, I'm, I'm you know, Very I'm insane. Retweeted. And their draft record of late That's bad. does not inspire faith. That's bad. Not inspire faith. That's so if you're Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're hoping for. Like, Trevor Lawrence looks great. And you still can't build a competent roster around them. Very, very unfortunate. You're a Jags
2: fan. Yeah, obviously this game um, shapes, dr- shapes the drafts in a couple of ways. Jags move uh, up the draft order, currently picking number seven now, as you highlighted. So, you know, they're impactful because they're uh, another team picking in the top ten. Detroit already has a top five overall pick because they have the Rams pick, so they're currently sitting at number four overall. I think this matters for the draft as well because now their actual pick is getting lower in the order. So they're currently picking number 15, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, picking more towards the top ten. They were a team that – had two top 10 picks at one point, and so they're just getting a little bit further away from each other, which is okay because you have the higher picks, so it's kind of risk-free in Mm -hmm. a certain way. But I don't want to get too far into this because I know we're going to talk about it a lot in our Wednesday show as we do when we kind of um, update the draft order and how the draft looks. But Detroit's in a situation where they might not have to pick quarterback. Uh But if you don't pick a quarterback this year... I think what you want to do if you're Detroit is you probably want to trade back with one of those two picks, kind of do what Philly's been able to do, and continue to have multiple first-round picks. That gets harder to do the more you win games because the further you're going down, the order you probably don't want to trade that pick that's going to be in the top five for the Rams because you're probably going to want will anderson or jalen carter you need a dominant defensive player so you're probably not going to want to move back from one of those you'd be okay moving back from the other one gaining a first round pick next year still picking in the first round this year it's the second time it's just a little further down the order you can get another defensive player they have two second round picks as well you can really establish the core of this roster if you end up doing that and if jared goff is terrible next year move on from him get aggressive, move up, go get a quarterback, because you still got two first-round picks. So that's... I, I'm glad that you touched on the Jags, because I want to touch on the, the Lions then. I think that this game shaped the draft a little bit because it's changing what the Lions might be able to do and how they might approach things, especially with Jared Goff playing fine. Not catastrophic, but fine. Does it
0: mean you have to pick a quarterback this year? Maybe not. I think they would be absolutely crazy to pass up on this quarterback class if they finish with a top-three pick, which... With the looks of the Los Angeles Rams at this point, they're going to be ending up with a top three pick. So, I think they'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Drew's
2: saying that on NFL SCS that they were off drafting a QB. I I am. I'm I'm getting towards that point. I'm kind of thinking that there is a strategy that makes a lot of sense for them to not have to draft a quarterback. But you see it differently. But, you know, that's why uh, two different minds at the table. Makes for an interesting
0: debate here. I just think it's a a swing for a Super Bowl.
2: But if it's not Bryce Young is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. If it's not Bryce Young, I'm open to it. You you can get to the playoffs with Jared Goff. No doubt in my mind. If they have a chance to pick Bryce Young with that top five pick Mm -hmm. wherever it ends up, I think you go get Bryce Young, you don't don't think twice about it. But all of a sudden, if it's not Bryce, we're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And within that conversation, to me, is maybe not taking a quarterback. Um, what about the game, that didn't make sense? the game that didn't make sense?
0: Game that didn't make sense. We already highlighted, but I just want to go back and drop this stat. The Dolphins 49ers, Tua Tagovailoa, was third best this entire season in terms of uncatchably off-target throws. He had a 14.5% rate heading into this game. Weeks 1 through 12. Third best. Deadly accurate. This game, 37.9%. Worse than Deshaun Watson, the first game he's played in over two years. It was, It just didn't make sense. After that first play of the game where they ran the RPO that Seth highlighted so well on this show, in my stead, on the whiteboard a few weeks back, crushed him for a 75-yard touchdown, he just he missed. He missed open guys. So everyone's going to say, you know, 49ers defense, whatever. Plays were there to be made. Tua did not make them.
2: My game that didn't make sense, I, I got to highlight the Chargers-Raiders game. Raiders come out victorious in this one on right. a little bit of a roll now the chargers are not i there's a lot of people who are saying social media team okay <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people who are talking about brandon staley potentially getting fired i'm not there yet i, I don't think brandon staley should get fired but i do think you really got to think about moving on from both coordinators um, ronaldo Hill, and who's our defense coordinator has been his second year as the defense coordinator and Joe Lombardi, who is the offensive coordinator who comes out under a lot of fire for the lack of explosive plays, really, and being able to push Mm -hmm. the ball with a guy like Justin Herbert. Defensive side of things, it's not great. You look at the Chargers, EPA per play metric, I'm going to highlight that again. They're 27th in total EPA per play allowed. They are 25th in EPA per pass allowed, and they're 28th in EPA per rush allowed. This is, quite frankly, one of the worst defenses Mm -hmm. in the NFL. And you have a defensive head coach who is at the top orchestrating all of this. It's just not a good look, man, especially for how soft they are against the run. You look at the Raiders. There's one blueprint for the Raiders to succeed. One, that's it. It's Josh Jacobs has to run the football well, and then they will complement him with Devontae Adams. And you see their stats and their grades right there both of these guys were elite yesterday and the blueprint could not have been any clearer. this is how you beat this team and the Chargers just straight up couldn't do it i don't want to just brush off the injuries because the injuries are rough you're missing edge one you're missing cb one you're missing offensive tackle one dion johnson went out at points of the season you missed wide receiver one you missed wide receiver two and the quarterback's been hurt those are legit injuries. Those aren't just, like, excuses that you could brush off. They're legit injuries. But you still cannot be this soft as a team on defense. And for as much as I'm, I don't think Brandon Staley should go, he's got to get rid of his core man. Something has to drastically change this offseason, or
0: he's going to be next. That's where I am with the Chargers. They went all in. They gave, they gave him... Like, everyone focuses on the Lombardi factor on the offense and whatever, and that should be better because you have a top-five quarterback. And I think those points are valid. I do also think a lot of sort of the conservatism in the passing game also is a Justin Herbert thing. There's a lot of that that happened at Oregon. But going back to the head coach, Brandon Staley, you can't bring in what they did this offseason on the defensive side of the ball. Second-round pick for Khalil Mack. Big, big money deal for J.C. Jackson. And... As The other free agent signings that they had, Sebastian Joseph Day, they obviously brought in, like, Kyle Van Noy too. Like, they, they did all they could do to give him his guys that he needed to win on that side of the ball. And they are still a bottom 10 defense in the NFL. That's worrisome. Like what yeah. you, when yes. th- That is the scary thing is that you have the coach bringing in guys that theoretically should be his guys, that should fit his scheme, that should be impact players, that they paid a hefty price for in giving up a second rounder for a guy like Khalil Mack. And they're not – And obviously, J.C. Jackson looked like an awful fit for that defense. Was doing nothing before he even got hurt. So that, to me, is the bigger worry, is that this was your all-in year. This was your shoot the moon and you are 500 right now. Not good. Someone's got to be a fall man for this. Maybe the training staff that obviously has plagued the Los Angeles Chargers for so many years, but no, also there is coaching deficiencies on this roster. Uh,
2: TJ says, when you have Kalumak dropping into coverage 18% of the time, the DC has to go. Can't fact check those numbers, but TJ seems like a stand-up guy, so sure. I trust him about it. Um, <laughs> Buzzer said, yeah, the AFC, they said that the AFC West is going to be full of great teams. Um, Walt said, NFL pencil necks said that the Chargers were going to have the best defense in the NFL at the beginning.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. Great term, pencil necks. Mm. Those nerds.
0: Uh, I, I don't think that 18% of the time's stat was accurate. Maybe in this game. Maybe it may. Well, maybe. But 28 yesterday. times the rest of the season for Klomak. What if it was all 28 yesterday? Could have been.
2: Yeah, you don't, know. you don't know, Mike. You don't know all I'm saying. You versus TJ. I feel like I'm going to trust TJ. That's all I'm saying. Um, what about another game that didn't quite fit into this box of games that didn't, didn't, uh, not didn't make sense? Any of the superlatives that we had? And anything else you want to shout out?
0: Yeah, on? a couple ones here. Titans-Eagles. A.J. Brown. Shit. just pay, just showing i guess john robinson how much he really is worth he has been a game changer Ooh. for that team he is your even-when-I'm-not-open-I'm-open open guy. Nine targets, eight receptions, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Truck-sticked Christian Fulton into another planet on his touchdown that eh, they have OPI, but we we're going to give it to him because it was Look, sick enough. it was not
2: an OPI. It didn't it get called. OPI. It wasn't OPI because it, it didn't was get not called.
0: It Had the other one that wasn't incomplete, was damn near complete. A go-ball the sideline, and they caught touchdown on the next play. But, yeah, it, everyone haggling over... All these, you know, you think about all these first round trades that were made this offseason. Devontae Adams obviously looking great. Tyreek Hill looking great. Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown, we always kind of said that one really wasn't worth the first round in the first place. But A.J. Brown, weapons, man. It's the way of the world. If you want to win in today's NFL, weapons. Weapons. Totally forgot that. So that's happened, the one I that, that Marquise Brown got traded for first. Round. Yeah, we don't talk about that totally one. We forgot
2: that one. Uh, yeah, AJ Brown's unbelievable. The Philadelphia Eagles are unbelievable. Uh, wh- what do we say all the time here on the show and basically just everywhere? Titans are always going to play everybody tight, right? That's just their identity. That's what mm-hmm. they do. They're going to play every single team tight. They're a well-coached football team. Everything. They got blown out, blown out by a team that was far superior to them, very clearly. Eagles are an absolute house. They have such a lead for the number one overall seed. I don't think the Vikings are going to catch them. I think they're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And then, as Quell was saying earlier, I I was saying on my podcast last night that I don't think there's a big threat to the Eagles if they have home field advantage. I would have loved to see the Niners go in there with Jimmy G, but uh, obviously that's not possible anymore. So I think if the Eagles get the first round, or I think that the Eagles get the number one overall seed. In my opinion, it's a wrap for the, the mm-hmm. NFC. I think they're going to the Super Bowl just because of how well they've been playing all season, how well they're playing down the stretch. I wanted to highlight Seahawks Rams. If there was any doubt about it, Geno Smith's the dude. Oh. Geno Smith is absolutely the dude, right? Seattle is going to have a top five overall pick because of Denver this year. They currently have the number three overall pick. And anytime you're that high, I hey to yourself uh, maybe quarterback quarterback could be on the table here right i mean like this is Geno smith's first year no this is the dude this is not a it's not a it's not a feel-good story anymore it's it's a legit story his second half you see those numbers right there gino's second half was awesome some monster big time throws had two big time throws no turnover where he plays 84 percent adjusted completion percentage 238 total passing yards he was a stud. And Geno is a stud when you want him to be. Under pressure. Down the stretch. In the clutch. On third downs. In the red zone. Geno shows up in all those areas. That's mm-hmm. quarterback you pay. That's quarterback you keep. He's the guy moving forward. Yep. That's it. Wanted to just make sure that I reiterated that.
0: Can I like one more thing? Just okay. one, like, minor thing. You can do it. Can and, do it. It's and it's the show. Browns-Texans game. Sean Watson, obviously. Massive story. Comeback. First game in two years. He sucked. Awful. Legitimately... Very bad. And now, again, first game in two years, whatnot. But I do think there is a world in which or there is a you know, future in which he's not the guy that we saw in Houston because of the mental aspect of it. Like He went, you know, whatever, 24 years of his life, 25 years of his life, completely unchallenged, always the guy, like confidence through the roof. That's impossible after being publicly made, you know, a pariah. In the public eye. Anywhere he goes, that hangs over his head. Everyone knows that. In a Mm -hmm. football game, it's... Akin to the you know confidence aspect, if you watch the Manti Teo documentary and how much that mentally affected him playing the game of football, it's impossible to avoid those two situations unless you are you know like a psychopath, which I'm not putting that possibility to rest either. But Deshaun Watson, I think there is a chance that you're seeing a different player or may see a different player here in Cleveland than we ever saw in the years before.
2: That's a good note. Williams said, "No Denver, no Denver and Ravens recap. That game made total sense. I mean, if... that was insane. <laughs> that was brutal." Again, I'm almost never an advocate of
0: firing a guy after the first year. There, there's, there's just no... But I think you have to. Well, you you, have even to if it him. is Russ's fault, it's like... You know what I talked about? I, I talked
2: about this on, on my pod last night. I went into a little bit of a rant, and I was like, if you're Denver, because you still have a first-round pick. Denver doesn't have their original one, which is going to be in the top five, but they do still have a first-round pick because of the Bradley Chubb trade. Mm-hmm. I was like, they draft the quarterback. They should draft the quarterback in the first round because Russ looks that incompetent, and he looked bad last year. He looks worse this year. And then I looked up Russell Wilson's contract, and holy God, it's not even—you can't even entertain moving on from this guy for three years. You can't even entertain it. Mm-hmm. He's over a hundred million dead cap next year. He's eighty-five million dead cap the year after that, and he's fifty million dead cap the year after that. Uh. Who signed this deal?
0: That and not only who signed this, th- there was no impetus for them, right? He had multiple years left on his deal. It was like a sign of good faith that they gave this to him. They're like, you know, let's, let's buy it now because if we wait, we could have, you know, a problem on our hands. I was worried because when he came back from that thumb injury second half of last year, he this was the guy we saw. Th- this was the quarterback that played post-thumb injury in Seattle last season. He was not good. So it's probably not, you know, it's not the thumb at this point, but it's also was not worth trying to buy low on the market at this point to get him a new deal with all the risk that was going into the decision with a new situation, with a new head coach, with how he looked last season. They're going to pay for it. <laughs> the, you know, we always rank who, which fan base is in maybe the worst situation in terms of you know, long-term winning. Mm-hmm. Broncos are getting close to that. It's because if good. this isn't going to turn around, and I, I get that the defense is awesome. It takes only an average offense, and this team would be easily in the playoffs. But I don't see an average offense walking that door anytime soon.
2: It's, dude. It's, it's, it, it's tough. And if they lose Zero Evero, their defense coordinator, which I mean, they could. Yeah, I right. mean, it's, he's just becoming one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. If he's not already, then all of a sudden you start to lose the effectiveness on that side of the ball. It could get real ugly for Denver real quick. Let's get into some dripper skip. We said that we were going to get to it. Uh, end of the end of the show. I think this is a really great way to end the show. This is a fun segment that Mike and I have, where two people who don't really know a ton about fashion uh, judge and rank NFL players walking in based solely off fashion. So let's get to it. Who's the first mm-hmm. trip or skip that we have today? Can we, what do we got? What do we got?
1: Who else would it be? <laughs> oh. Oh. See, this is why they
0: won. The early season fits. You remember? Get the f- the early season fits were rough. The flower suit, no. That's, that's classic. That's clean. That's, that's a killer right there. That color. That's an MVP fit. Yeah. Man.
2: I'm all for this. Joe Burrow wears some weird stuff for a game. You're right. But that's an absolute drip. Drip. No, I mean, there's, there's not even any debate. If any of you say skip to this. Christian said, "Drop," and I need a clarification. <laughs> did you mean drip?
1: I think he meant he did. Dead he corrected himself. He meant drip. All right. Okay, Christian. I'm not going to lie, but quick aside before we go to this next one. Yeah. I have been debating on like getting a maroon suit like that and I was like, "Ah, is that too much?" I'm absolutely getting a maroon
2: <laughs> oh, suit. Oh, I'm all about it. 100% yeah. no, getting No, mar- maroon's suit. a good color of a suit. Mm-hmm. Maroon's a good. Now, you got to look, you got to walk with your chest up, you know? Like you you oh, have to have confidence when you wear a maroon and all maroon suit like that. But you can do it. I believe in it. I believe in, I believe in Joe Burrow, I believe in Quinn. I Thank believe you. in everybody out there. Go buy a maroon suit. All right, who's next? Who
1: do we got next? Uh, this is Patten Holmes. Ooh, that's a uh, sharp-looking suit too.
0: What are those the, glasses, though? Ooh, the accessories are. All the glasses. Suit, suit, primo. Looks yeah, like he's it. going into job at Goldman Sachs in yeah, the '80s. Yeah, you know, it's perfect. Yes, yes, that's, yes. That's on point.
2: This guy looks like he's about to scam me for yeah. a stock. Oh yeah, that is not going to perform well. But he's going to make a lot of money on commission.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what he looks like. Tie is it's off already. Tie <laughs> doesn't quite fit. And then to go with whatever those loafers are. No, come on! I like the loafers. Do you? Yeah. It looks like ballet shoes from here. I um, think it's just the light. I think the light's a little weird. And then the shades are just—they don't fit, right? The shades oh. don't fit the rest. So I'm gonna—I'm gonna go. S- I gotta split. This is risky. This is this risky.
2: Come on! No! It's come on! It's
0: it's a a drip. Skip. That was a skip. No, that was, the, that was a that drip. That was the difference in the game right there. That those two pictures. <laughs> you didn't watch the game. That's all you needed to know.
2: Okay, let, let me let me look. All right, for Mahomes.
0: Wow. Target
2: says skip right off the bat. Buzzard says skip. What's going on with you guys? Parker says yikes the shoes. I think the light was doing the shoes
0: a dirty. disservice. Okay, they were doing. Maybe I better need another.
2: Christy said the glasses ain't it. Man, I'm I'm with Matt. Drip. He says well he. <laughs> it's a drip if you ignore the head. <laughs> I think that's the thing. If you, yeah. take, if you take the glasses off, I probably would have said it
0: a different way. But if you take the glasses off. I do think the tie is too. underratedly a poor aspect of that fit, too. Mm. The tie needs to be better. Skinny
1: tie would have been better. Exactly. Mm. Tie's too thick. I still, got, I
2: still thought the look all came together. Just get, glasses. We need, we need something else with glasses. All right, what's next? Who we got next?
1: Jason Kelsey, it looks like. All right,
2: Jason Kelsey. Oh, oh no. yes. Yes. So, this is from the movie 51st Dates. Everybody who has not seen the movie 51st Dates, which I would be shocked if you haven't, because I feel like it's just like an Adam Sandler classic that's on TV all the time. But this is the brother. I can't remember his name in the movie but he's like that weightlifting mm-hmm. brother who did steroids but didn't want people to know he did steroids, and he walks around with the shorts, with the brown belt, and with the mesh,
0: see-through, like, cut-off. It's head. Rudy, right? It's it uh, is, yeah, it's Sean is Rudy. Yeah, Sean Astin. I don't know his yeah. name in
1: the movie, but Sean Astin's
0: But the, the great part about it is that everyone has seen a guy at the gym dressed like this. Sure. That's, like, yeah. not actually that in shape or doesn't have, like, warrant being, a, being dressing like this. He's not like DK Metcalf looking where it's like, okay, you can forgive him for dressing outrageously. But everyone's seen that guy. So it's, that's why it's it's perfectly on point. Uh,
2: Christian said confidence is a drip. The fit, though, is a skip. I, a think it, I think it's all, look, I, mean, it's, it's all I, a think yeah. I think it's total package. Yeah. I think it's total package. There you go. Quell the said, there you go. This is the, that's the, that's, that's just so almost spot on for that. Uh, Quell said in the chat that Kelsey... Mentioned a couple weeks ago that he doesn't play dress up. Like, he kind of does. This man gets a podcast, and all of a sudden, now he's listening to people. Now he's caving. Now he's a now he's a before the game fashion guy.
0: I will say, if you're actually gonna play dress up, if you're gonna try to look outrageous, you know, paying some paying some homage, this is a good way to go about that it. That is That is it. All
2: right, what's next? Who's next? That was a good one.
0: I like. Bear that. with us. Oh, was... Taylor Heineke. Oh, King. That one's insane. That's one of the best of the year. Another guy playing dress up. I ordered it. Yeah. Of the Washington Commanders. This is this is that
2: you said paying homage to something. This is straight Peaky Blinders, man. I mean, and I, I'm not gonna lie. He nails it. This is a this is a Peaky Blinders
0: fit. And he, he's even got like the face. For I think it. That's what I was just gonna say. He fits. The fit. The actual, you know, visual, the. Aesthetic components. He looks like Michael. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't look.
2: He, he's not. He's not like a full-on Shelby brother, but he's part of the gang. Like he's part of the Peaky Blinders. That's what I think. You know how like Tommy will tell all the like these like nameless henchmen to go do something. He's like, all right, you boys like go. You know, do this at the races or whatever. That's, that's Taylor. Yep. He, he's one of the. He's one of the three dudes that's like the henchman for the Peaky Blinders. If I see a single skip on this one, you guys are nuts.
0: Who said skip? Um, I don't think anyone says we yeah. got. We've got Parker calling him a goofy ah. Uh, so mm. I'm not sure if a ton of people love this one.
2: Man, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, isn't it? <laughs> Quill says he's looking spiffy. Zach said it's a drip. Jonathan says it's an absolute drip. TJ notices the Shelby connection. William sees the Peaky blinder, so it's got to be a drip. Burningham says skip because he annoys me. Burningham, I think, you're, you're, think Burningham's a Giants fan. Mm. And he's a Giants fan. Goes into it. Come on. Burningham, you got to leave your bias to the side.
0: Oh, no. Hopeful Lions fan. He says he has a friend that dresses like that unironically. That's tough. That one's tough. You, that's, you, have to, that, you can only do that as a joke. Like, that's a Halloween costume right there. You can't actually walk in like that.
2: Yeah, but like what if he's what if he's like English? Like what if he's like from still the UK? No. That's Canada? still no. What if he's literally from Birmingham? <laughs> Birmingham. Uh all right, what's next? What do we got next? I think it's an absolute trip. It's a one off thing. This is okay. the
1: Jets, the whole Jets team. Ducks fly together.
2: No way! I didn't see this.
1: Wow. Are they wearing, are they all wearing like different jerseys? Yeah. I just got to say though, the aside, like the old school, like 90s, early 2000s, Mighty Ducks jerseys might be the best. You're saying the green ones. And, you're saying the No, no, no. Ones? The white ones. Like, oh. The old Mighty, the, the real Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Yes. Those I those. might be love the best jerseys in those. all sports. Yes, like sports yes, yes. 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 I love those Okay. So he's
2: wearing a Charlie Conway jersey because I see the 96 and I see the captain. And then, um... TJ's wearing uh, an Adam Banks jersey. I think is that Braxton Berrios who's wearing an Adam Banks Hawks jersey. I think I have to respect that though. I don't know who's I don't know who's up front right there, but they're wearing a Fulton Reed jersey. Man, this is fantastic. Oh, this is absolute drip for me. Did you watch Mighty Ducks growing up? No. You.
0: I I, I sit this one out. You've never seen any of the Mighty Ducks? I think I have. I think I was really young. What did young you though. do as a kid? I was really young. I just don't remember. You're you from you. the Midwest. I know, we didn't play hockey. This is your movie. I was not a hockey guy. What? Never been. Sit this one out. All yours. You tell me. It's a drip. God.
2: It's a drip. It's an yeah. absolute drip. You've got, the, you've got the different era jerseys. Oh man, that's just I, I I can't even look at you right now. This is my childhood, dude. Watching Mighty Ducks, is my childhood. We got to go on to the next one. I'm already too hurt. I'm too hurt. What's the next one? Two left.
1: Uh, next one's Brian Dable. Okay.
2: All right. So just cl- oh, classic starter
0: jacket. I mean, I have to say drips because yeah. I'm wearing a starter jacket. But thoughts? Oh yeah. I mean, that's it's clean. Clean. That's probably half a New York Stadium right there, looking like that.
1: He, he does have big-time, like fat guy swag. He does. That's it. That's a he good. He pulls it together, right?
0: Well, I mean, he, he's big bone. He's got big bone swag. You know. Yeah, I mean, for a coach, if you're gonna car- show out a little, you can't get, you can't get in the weeds. Like, You can't be doing peaky blinder stuff. You can't be looking like Joe Burrow walking into that. Can you imagine if that. you did do peaky blinders stuff? You, you can't be getting <laughs> in on that. But you can get a little fresh with it, and I, I think Dable. I think he's killing it. Yeah, look, the I think, pants, or those sweatpants, can't really tell. He could have done a little better on the pants, but you know, big guy, he's trying his best. It's clean, man. It's clean.
2: It's it's absolutely clean. Parker said, "Skip bull's fat." C- Parker, get out of here. Ugh. Nobody wants to hear Hence that. It's the term
1: "fat guy." Well,
2: Nobody it. wants that judgmentalness, judgmental attitude. Get out. Get it out of here. No, a lot of people, a lot of other people are saying it's a drip. Look, like you said, like it's, you know, he's big he's the big dude swag and he's bringing mm-hmm. it. I'm all for it. All right, what's the last one?
1: Who is the uh, last one is Alan Lazard. Lazard. Alan Lazard. It was like a that's like a teenage mutant ninja
0: turtle. It is. Is it? I mean, it, it definitely gives It looks TV. like
2: it looks like the abs that they put on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> uh, I like this one actually. It's would you cohesive? Wear that? I wouldn't wear it personally. I'm not that's why I, let's get real mm-hmm. but I he had a good haircut I think it's cohesive um, I think it's put together again I don't maybe I'm just not a big variety sunglasses guy those are just normal Those are just but I don't description like, but I don't yeah like, I, I agree I, I don't I don't think when you try go for a lot on the uh, you don't need if, if you're a good looking human being you shouldn't need a lot on the eyes to, to accentuate you know oh, damn Mike like I'm just it. saying oh, damn can't damn. 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 This, what this uh, th- Is
2: this actually a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle outfit though? Like I'm, I'm looking at it. I don't it. think so. Because the, the jacket obviously is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle colors. And then the glasses are almost look like, you know, like the bandana that's mm-hmm. over their eyes. I think this might be- I wonder if it's an homage. Yeah. Another homage. Which we've already said on the show, if it's an homage, then we, we you know, bump bumps it up a couple of points. Chad, do we think that this is tribute, or do we think that he just was wearing this? I think it's tribute.
0: Let's ask him. Elliot says it looks like an avocado two days from being ripe. That's fair. Mm. It's accurate. Mm. It's the story of Alan's
2: arch career. Skip it of the year. I don't know. I don't know if that is or not. I just felt like that was, you know, if that was going to fit, that was the right place to do it. So I was going to put it in there, take a chance. A lot of people going skip on this one. A lot of people.
0: That it, it was a, I'd say drip, but it wasn't anything special. Meta says drip because they won. Does winning go into the pregame fit? No. That shouldn't be accounted for. Mm-hmm. But Jay it Peters does predict is. it, as we've seen. If you do have a skip, chances are you're going to lose. All right. Uh,
2: <laughs> what do we think about the Monday Night Football game? Let's get people out of here talking about Monday Night Football. Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the New Orleans Saints. We're talking spread. We're talking money line. Um, no, sorry, we're talking spread. We're talking over under. And then we're talking to prop bet as well. Bucks are currently favored by three and a half. Over under is currently 41.
0: And then give us a prop bet, Mike. What do you think? I think Bucks to cover. Okay. I think the old days of Saints own the Bucks. Well, shit, everyone owns the Bucks this year, that offense. But I don't think it matters because I think the Bucks defense will own the Saints. Uh, so give me Bucks three and a half under that number. Mm hmm. And let me go prop Dalton over three, three and a half passing attempts. I think they'll fall behind and have to, or three, two and a half there, have to throw the rock.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with the exact same. I think the Bucks cover the three and a half. Uh, I think this is under 41. I don't, I don't expect it to be a pretty game. I think it's going to be an ugly game. And then I'm going to go Chris Olave over four and a half receptions. I know green line as we see right there from be. the PFF app. They like the under. They think the, they think the value is good on the under, but I go with, go with my heart.
0: Going over.
2: Got listen to my heart. Got to go with the over. I think if the Saints are going to stay in this game at all whatsoever, Let's it's going to be. be through Chris Yeah,
0: ours game. are in a similar vein
2: yeah, of. Yeah, he's going to get. And he's going to uh, get more than five receptions. Let's get an answer to the trivia question of the day. Since the merger. What is, what year contains the most ties? Or it no, not no, most just,
1: Yeah, what's, what's the record for what the most, the record ties, in the for most ties in a single year? Four. Five. Final answer? Final answer. It's two. 7-4 yeah. times, 86, 97, 2016, 2018. Obviously this year. Do we think we'll break the record?
2: That's it. I mean, a Still a, a lot of ball difficult. left to be played. Yeah.
1: A tie is difficult. Yeah. We should. Man. Only two? Did anybody guess two? Only two. I thought it would be more than that, too, just because it seems like there are a lot of times.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody went that low with their guesses. Most of them were pretty high. They were like five, six, seven were the most common.
2: Hope the Lions fans said Trevor's drip will be the difference in the game tonight. Bucks cover. Let's go, baby. The road Mm -hmm. to seven and ten for the division stands. I want it. Love to see that. You absolutely love to see that. They do need they, they they do need to at least win this game though. I don't I, you know I'm not looking for them to drop a game against uh, the New Orleans Saints. So I'm all for all the good vibes in the chat that we could possibly that we could possibly get here. All right, uh, chat champ on the day.
1: Chat champ is Nicho. He had a good zinger. He said uh, Broncos country. Let's hide. Ooh. made us laugh back here. That's good. So good job, Nicho. It's good. It's good. Going.
2: Chat champ. Chat champ is Nicho. I'm also giving chat champ to Stone Rochelle. Stone Rochelle, not with PFF anymore, but always a member of It's Just Football. He uh, was very integral in this. Honorary in this, forever. Honorary forever, Chat Champ, was uh, very integral in this show, even getting off the ground. So, Stone, we definitely miss you, buddy. But, of course, the best days are ahead for you. We definitely know that. For Trevor Sykema, for Mike Renner for everybody in the production portal, thank you guys so much for watching It's Just Football. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We're going to be back right here tomorrow to talk about that, talk about Dogs of the Week, talk about all your favorite things. We'll see you guys then. not about politics it's about football
1: this is a simple game we're gonna run the ball and we're gonna pass the ball you just gonna play football already
2: how good of a football player are you
1: not just get in and try to spin it that's all
0: i just love the game
1: it really is the best time of the year